It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston, or maybe you're listening on... 100.3 100.3 FM, maybe you're listening online, WROLradio.com, maybe you're listening on the app, maybe you've told uh, Alexa to uh, tune into AM 950 WROL, and you can hear us there. Of course, past programs, you can find them all over the place, uh, just do a little search for Car Doctor Radio, and you'll find me on uh iTunes or whatever it's called these days, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, a variety of places if you want to listen to past programs. I know I got an uh, email from someone this past week that was uh, interested in going car buying, and I asked him, hey, maybe you should take a listen to the program where we uh, were talking about car buying, and they did that, and that all worked out, worked out good. They said they learned a lot, so this is where you can also learn things, um, so you can see what's going on there and, and look at all kinds of different stuff so all, all kinds of good things and with us on the phone is Brandon Sales he is the art director and takes care of the exhibits at the Saratoga Auto Museum and they have a pretty interesting uh, car auction coming up and some pretty interesting cars so first off I want to uh, welcome Brandon to the program Brandon good morning and welcome to the car doctor program here in Boston good morning John how's it going today Good. Things are going great. First off, let's talk about the Saratoga Auto Museum. Where is Saratoga? Saratoga Springs, we are 30 minutes north of Albany, uh, just south of beautiful Lake George, uh, right at the foothills of the Adirondack Mountains. Um, we share a parking lot with the Saratoga Performing Arts Center, if anybody has gone and seen a concert at SPAC. Um, so that's where we're located. That's where you're located. Okay, good. Because yeah. uh, uh, I know there's there's a lot that goes on up around your your end of the world up there. So I wanted to kind of give people a perspective where you are. Uh, give us an idea what the what the uh, auto museum's like. So the museum opened in 2001 or 2002 in that area. Um, we change exhibits every six months, so there's always something new and fresh to look at and experience. Uh, the mission of the museum is cars raced in New York and cars that were made in New York. Um, and most people don't know, pre-Depression time, New York was kind of the Detroit of the country. Uh, there was over 250 makes and models made in New York State. Uh, so we celebrate those cars and then all the racetracks and racers from New York State. Uh, that's the second floor of the museum. Uh, the first floor we rotate every six months. Right now we have a 60s exhibit going on. Uh, so we're celebrating everything from the culture of the 60s, everything that was going on um, in the automotive world, in this country, and around the world. So we've really got some excellent cars on display right now. We have a Toyota GT, um, which was a Bond car. I'm not sure which Bond movie it was in, but... Um, there was only 72 of those GTs made. Uh, it was the first supercar from Japan. 
Um, and then we also have a Jaguar e uh We have a 21-window Volkswagen bus. Uh, and then we have a car called the Plymouth XNR concept car, um, which is a really interesting concept car that Plymouth made. Um, so there's there's a really nice selection of cars. Where we always have something new. Uh, on the weekends, there's always a car show going on. So it's kind of a little hub of the community for uh, the car enthusiasts. Yeah, it really it really sounds interesting in that the Volkswagen I don't know value wise, I don't know what's worth more these days. The the very limited production GT or the Volkswagen twenty one window microbus. Those those <laughs> those two cars have in, insane value. Yeah, they're they're definitely they fetch six figures easy now. Um the one we have in the exhibit is definitely a pristine example that's been fully restored. It's absolutely perfect. Every nut and bolt has been uh, either refinished or replaced. Uh, definitely looks better than it probably came off the showroom floor for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Toyota. So the Toyota was actually um, debuted at the '64 um, Tokyo Audio Show. Auto Show. And um, after the show, it was given to Twiggy, uh, the British model, who uh, unveiled the car at that show. So it was actually owned by the, the very famous model from the 60s, Twiggy. Well, that, that, that uh, brings a lot of history to it. And for people of a certain age, they remember Twi- Twiggy and, you know, kind of her name was she was, she was very, very thin. She was the first little petite, thin model. Yep, that was her M.O., um, and the car is uh, on loan from Toyota, um, so we've got a great relationship with them, and, and they just gave us the car and said, have fun with it. So um, it's really, a, it was my kind of pick for the show. I'm like, we've got to find a t- uh, 2000 GT. So uh, we found it, and they, they shipped it to us from Texas. Oh, wow. That's, 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 real, that's real interesting. And uh, as you got involved with the museum, did you... Were you kind of a car person? Were you or were you a museum person? Were you a combination of both? How did you get involved? How how did you get uh, this job? That sounds really interesting. Um, so I started with the museum thirteen years ago, actually, um, and it was by happenstance. I wasn't necessarily a, a quote unquote car guy. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely now, like I have to kind of digest the history of the exhibits to to design it properly, so it has the right look and feel. Um, so I kind of have a, a lot of a history in my head. I absolutely love it. Um, I actually have a tea bucket in my garage. Um, so it's, uh, it's been a, a long road at the museum and, uh, with the auction that we've, we've started, uh, three years ago, um, it's really kind of transformed, uh, what we can do and, and what our reach is financially and stuff like that. So it's really been a, uh, a pretty crazy ride. Yes, it sounds like it has. And and speaking of tea buckets, let's let's talk about you have an auction coming up in September, I think, right? Yes. So the auction that we run called the Saratoga Auto Auction, it's on stage at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center, um, and it runs the 21st and 22nd are the days of the auction. Um, On the 19th, we have a David Hobbs dinner. Uh, so he's going to be there. He drove kind of the, the big car that we have in the auction, uh, the 1969 Mirage BRM, uh, which is a race car that uh, came right before the Porsche 917 came out. Uh, and that car kind of took over the Mirage BRM. 
Um, so we have a big dinner that Thursday night, and then the auction is Friday and Saturday. Um, and then on the 22nd, we have a post-sale at a car show. So anything that didn't sell on the block, uh, you can you can show up on that Sunday and, and try to shake a deal with the owners. Well, that it sounds sounds like some hard negotiations you have to maybe to go through for that. But it, it um, one of the cars you have in the auction is kind of a cool car, and you said you have a tea bucket, but this is sort of an interesting tea bucket because it it was cover art on um, the Ventures, uh, which if people don't know the Ventures, they were a, a pretty famous uh, surf band back in the sixties. Yeah, I mean this car is. Probably, probably one of the top three or five hot rods ever built. Uh, it was built by Fred Steele on the East Coast on '58 and '59. Um, as a teenager, they built this car, and um, it is 100% original right now. Um, it's a beautiful car. I got to drive it about a week ago. Um, and it was on two, two, three other album covers, too. Nothing like the Ventures. I think the Ventures in 64 were one of the bigger bands out there. Um, but, you know, it's got two people overlooking L.A., sitting in the, uh, in the tea bucket. Um, and it's really indicative of, of kind of what those cars kind of uh, exemplified during that area and today. Um, it's a really special car. Um, it's quite a sight. It's, it's kind of an off-white car with uh, pinstriping, uh, and it's really fun. I call, yeah. I call the T-Bucket the smile machine because everybody that looks at them and sees them uh, smiles when we drive by. So. Yeah, and depending, and this, and this is, uh, this sounds like a pretty phenomenal car because they're one of those cars, too, that is, uh, they can be put together a little bit rough and maybe not the most fun to drive, or if they're if they're done very professionally, they can be they can drive almost like a modern car, right? You are correct. So the one I have is definitely a, a more of a modern car. It has disc brakes. Um, you'd call it a kit car. It's you've got a fiberglass tub, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this car is all steel. Um, it's it's a hundred year old car. It'll turn a hundred in two thousand twenty. Wow. Um, the lights on the back are the original kerosene lights that were, that's what powered your lights back in 1920 was kerosene gas was attached to the frame and you turn that gas on and you actually lit the lamps. Um, and that's how you got your light to drive. And people complain about having bad headlights now. They have no idea what it was like <laughs> back then. Yeah. yeah and people uh, used to, people, yeah, go ahead, John. Uh, yeah, people, people just really don't, people don't know that, uh, you know, back then to make your headlights work better, you had to get out every once in a while and polish the reflectors so the, uh, so the uh, lamp would throw a little bit more light on the road. And now people either say, oh, my headlights aren't bright enough because I can't see a mile down the road. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And back then it was, it was really just trying to get the car to function and work properly. And, uh, they were still testing things, and obviously safety was not paramount at all back then, but mm. um, it was more just trying to get the car to go down the road as efficient as possible, and um, and this car in particular to have fun with it. Yeah, it, so- it sounds good. Now, not everybody can afford to bid on... A, a classic T-Bucket or some of the other cars, and sometimes... Uh, 
other things in the automotive hobby, Petroliana and things like that, come up for auction. Are you guys also including things like that in your auction? There's something for everybody, for sure. Um, we have everything from, you know, uh, a $5,000 BMW up to this year. We've just got a, a really serious car, the, the 69 Golf Mirage that I mentioned. And, yeah. and that'll fetch hopefully $1.2, $1.3 million. That's that's uh, well out of my uh, my ability to pay for that. So, uh, but I I always I was like yeah I was like seeing things you know every once in a while you see pedal cars and you see gas pumps and you see the the globes that go on gas pumps come up in some auctions and and sometimes uh, you can find that you might like the automotive hobby but you don't have you might live in an apartment or a condo but you can set aside a little part of your home and you can collect some pretty cool stuff that can bring back memories and that's a lot of when people own a car whether it's a car from the 50s or 60s it's something they've always maybe wanted or lusted after and maybe they can't afford it but they can afford maybe a piece of it and that always makes uh, auctions to me sort of interesting and uh, you know we can't all go out and buy a you know 1.3 million dollar car but maybe we, we can go out and buy a 200 dollar um, a globe off a gas pump. Absolutely, John, and we definitely and it's a it's a great event, uh, particularly our auction. And we do have a lot of uh, memorabilia and automobilia that you can uh, purchase. There's gas pumps, like you said, um, posters from Le Mans and some of the older races that uh, that I definitely gravitate towards being a designer. Um, but being at the Performing Arts Center, it's you know you're you're in you're in a, a stadium, if you will, uh, with 5,000 seats, I think. There might be seven, but give or take. But everybody's got a great view. Uh, we built some ramps to drive them up on stage. And um, it's unlike probably any other auction that uh, happens where we just have access to this, this beautiful performing arts center. And it really kind of uh, sets the stage for a, for a cool spectator event. Yeah, it really it does really sound interesting. And is it too late for consignments? No, um, our catalog deadline is August first, um, so you can still get into the catalog. And we we accept consignments after that, um, but you 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 definitely want to try to get into the catalog. But people are shopping the website, and so if something comes after that August first deadline, um, it'll still get promoted and, and advertised out there um, through our digital advertising and stuff like that that we do. Well, speaking of speaking of which, if you can't get up to the Saratoga Auto Auction, is there a way that you can bid over the phone or online? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can leave an absentee bid. So if you really like, say, the 33 Ford Cabriolet that we have, you could say, hey, um, I'd like to make a bid. Here's my high offer, and that bid gets submitted during the auction. You can bid by phone. So what happens is you register to be a phone bidder, and then you tell us what cars that you are interested in, and we call you when they're on the block. And then someone like myself will be talking to you during the bidding process, and I kind of raise my hand when, when you're ready to, to hop in on the bidding. Um, and then you can also bid on your own through the computer, uh, through proxy bid. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have a, there's a camera that you watch in that, uh, on that website 
and you can do your bidding through ProxyBid as well. Um, and then if you just want to watch the auction, we have a live stream uh, that you can watch that's right on our website that you can find through SaratogaAutoAuction.org. And you can just watch the computer on your TV or on your computer as well. It must be kind of fun being the person who's bidding for someone else because as the person who's on the phone, you must get as excited as they do. And even better, you're spending someone else's money rather than your own. So... Uh, it's so really it's going to be yeah. So there's going to be a lot of emotion involved because all of a sudden now you're you're getting wrapped up. And I, I suppose it's hard to say to somebody, you know, you're on the phone with them, and maybe you're you're five hundred or thousand dollars away from a winning bid. Going, come on, just another thousand. But I guess you really can't that, do that. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's exactly what you have to do, John. Oh, the, the, the start of the conversation is all right. Where where is your ceiling? And if it's you know, if you're talking about a $100,000 car, that 1000 or $500 might not mean much. Um, but if you're in that, you know, BMW or Cadillac, 88 Cadillac, that, uh, that might only be going for $5,000, that extra $500 might be a lot to that person. But um, you kind of coach them through it, and um, it, it is exciting. You're up on stage kind of making the bid for them, and it, it's really interesting to do. I, I bet I bet that is and and it uh, again when the when you win that bid for that customer, you must feel as uh, elated as they do. It's awesome. There's high fives going, and especially when you're, we had we had a, a, some big cars last year um, from a collection that we had, uh, Dennis Dammerman collection, um, and there was 44 cars all at no reserve. So they were all going to sell, and um, they all went for for pretty good money, and it was it was really exciting to be a part of. It sounds it sounds really great. So the the date of the auction is when? The dates are Friday, September twentieth, and Saturday the twenty first, um, and then the post sale and the car show is on Sunday the twenty second. So perfect time for people to go up and enjoy maybe a little bit of the cooler weather in uh uh in the area up there and uh i'm sure there are some delightful places to stay right around the museum there's a lot and we're that's when the racetrack is over we have the saratoga race horse right. racing um so the rates go down probably by half <laughs> which yeah. is always good um, and we're three hours from Boston, so it's a it's a nice little trip down 90. Um, and 90 takes your way to Albany, and then you just come north about 25 minutes from there. Yeah, no, it it sounds it sounds like it's going to be a great thing. I I won't be able to get there, but I think I'm going to be able to check it out online and and see and see what it's all about. And the museum itself, I was just looking online, and and it it looks like it looks like a beautiful place to go. And and you know, for people that have the opportunity, I think all around the country there is some fantastic auto museums that maybe don't get you know sometimes don't have the notoriety of some of the the huge uh museums whether it's you know something is as you know as much as uh, you know just some of the really famous ones but on the other hand when you look at museums like yours you look at the heritage plantation in sandwich lars anderson in boston uh wells auto museum there are some great museums around the country that if you only had the time to be able to visit all of them and see see what 
car culture is all about and see the see some of the history that goes into cars and whether it's a museum that focuses on something like the Stanley Steamer Museum just to go kind of learn about steam yeah. cars or to go just um, learn about design uh, where some museums kind of focus more on design or their exhibit focuses on design and you look at it and you you wonder how people came up with that and how that design is timeless uh, I think uh, I think it's all just fascinating and it gives people really a good opportunity to to learn and enjoy what is uh, really over 120 years of history of the automobile. So really kind of some fun stuff. Yeah, it's really unbelievable. And you mentioned the Lars Anderson, and they've got, I mean, that building is just so historic, and the stuff that they have there, and the family that own that building, um, and they put on some great car shows there too. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know the the folks the folks there are always a big supporter of uh, the New England Motor Press, which I'm the president of, and we just we just work well together and we'll be able to see some of the things that goes on there. It's 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 always just a good time to get into some of these museums and and again just sort of enjoy what is for a lot of people uh, a little bit of history that you know it's it's not. It's not conventional. It's uh, automobiles are a big part of everything that we do, and sometimes they're you know the the day that really an automobile turns into a, a an appliance like a washing machine, I think will be pretty disappointing. And personally, I don't think it's ever going to happen. But well, time will tell. I don't either. I, yeah. the, the the car definitely changed the world, and we we just uh, installed an exhibit uh, called Wheels and Women, um, and how the suffrage movement for women was really uh, uh, spread easier by the automobile. Um, hmm. They were able to, to go farther and spread their message, and um, really the billboards, essentially, where they would make these banners and tie them to the side of the car and, um, and drive around and go from town to town to, uh, to fight for the right for women to vote. So, and the automobile was a big catalyst to that. Yeah, no, it, it sounds it sounds fantastic. The museum and the way you have things laid out. I'm looking at some of the pictures. The, um, it is kind of a combination uh, art museum. I think the only thing I've seen similar to this, similar but different, is um, uh, Gunther, who has the Newport uh, Auto Museum in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. Uh, his his wife really wanted it to be kind of art museum like inside, and uh, some of the pictures you have and uh, some of the artwork you have kind of reflects that same idea. Really fabulous stuff. Uh, your website is SaratogaAutoMuseum.org, and uh, the hours of the museum. Uh, when when are you guys open? Uh, in the summer, we are open seven days a week. 10 a.m. to 5. Um, and then in the off-season in the winter, we're closed Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. And how do I win a Maserati? You can go on to our website. Tickets are $20, or I should say a chance is $20. You don't yeah. really get a ticket. But um, we, that's raising money for the museum. We have a lot of defensive driving programs where we take these simulators to schools and teach oh. young drivers how to drive safely so they get on a simulator and we put them in situations where they have to react and they, they have to think about, you know, a ball rolling out into the street, um, so on and so forth. So that's kind of a big initiative and that's really where the proceeds for this auction go is to the museum 
we're educating people about, like the exhibit that I just mentioned, the mm-hmm. suffrage exhibit, and then also we take uh, these distracted driving simulators to schools and um, try to um, keep people safe. You know, I drive this tea bucket, and the phone is definitely a, a problem. And uh, you know, being so open and, and being able to look around, you definitely see it all the time. And um, so. That's a big thing with the museum, and we're really trying to uh, to help that initiative, if you will. Years ago, and this is um, a totally off topic, and I could be completely wrong, but years ago, was the museum um, run by a former Mazda PR guy? Um, Steve Potter, does that really Yes, know? yes, Potter. yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, he was definitely in the, in the automotive world, and... Um, um, yeah, he was yeah. I don't know if he was the first or second, but, um, yes, he was there. Yep. Yeah, 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 Steve, Steve Potter was, uh, was, uh, did, uh, uh, PR for Mazda and, uh, uh, one of his uh, claims to fame of being a PR guy, they actually had a, um, little car that fit into a suitcase that could turn into an actual car. So, uh, very Jetson-like. Yeah, 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 yeah. If if he ever comes into the museum, ask him about ask him about a suitcase car. I think they built an okay. I think they I think they built three or four of them. So, uh, but uh, uh, interesting interesting guy, and uh, I know he was. I thought he was there for a little while. So I was, uh, yes, was stretching. Yeah. Yes, stre- yes, yeah, stretching my memory a little bit. Hey, hey, uh, Brandon, thanks for taking time out of your Saturday morning and joining us here in Boston. And best of luck with the museum. And again, the website where you can find out all the information about the auction, the museum, the exhibits. Uh, some of your events, and even if you want to uh, rent the event, uh, rent the, rent the uh, museum for an event, maybe a pretty cool place for a wedding, I bet, uh, saratogaautomuseum.org. Great. Thank you very much, John. All right. Take care. Bye-bye now. Sure. That was uh, Brandon Sales. He is the art director and, ex- and works with exhibit uh, development for the Saratoga Auto Museum. Uh, that, that, to me, is one of those little bit of a best-kept secret museum it is um really one of those things that you you look at you think about and you go uh yeah where where is that i know about saratoga for horse racing but i didn't know anything about it for for cars or maybe i know about it for a beverage company but i don't know anything about cars but in fact there is this fabulous car museum up in uh saratoga new york so you can go check it out and see what it is and you know maybe you'll be able to buy a 1969 Mirage V12 driven by David Hobbs, but uh, only if you have 1.3 million or so. So I know that's out of my out of my ballpark. Um, but when we come back from uh, taking a break, uh, I've been driving for a day or two a Range Rover autobiography, and I want to see what some other people think about that Range Rover. And I think I hear the Ventures. So you can check out the Ventures album and the tea bucket that's on the cover, and you can buy that too. My name's John Paul. This is The Car Doctor. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston.
the other side of the street I knew Stood a girl that looked like you I guess that's deja vu But I thought this can't be true Cause you moved to West L.A. Or New York and welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Uh, if you want to give us a call, 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030 is our phone number. Well, I mentioned a Range Rover, and it's a particular edition. It's a, it's called the Autobiography Edition. And I was looking at, uh, actually it was Boston.com, my own sometimes publication. And it says... Uh, in this ongoing series, Boston.com talks with automotive authorities about why you should consider driving or avoiding a specific model. And uh, this specific model is the Range Rover Autobiography. And as it says here, it's driven by moguls, movie stars, and royals uh, going glamping across the country, I guess, to the, or at least going out to their country manor. In the car world, this top-of-the-line uh, Land Rover represents the holiest combination of off-road prowess and unabashed luxury. The Range Rover autobiography runs a 5-liter supercharged V8 engine that delivers 518 horsepower, and that's just a regular version. The range-topping Range Rover SV autobiography dynamic ekes out 557 horsepower. That's the one that I'm driving. Uh, the Imperial SUV accelerates from 0 to 60 in 5.1 seconds. This is a big, heavy car, and uh, it uh, it has a top speed of only 130 miles an hour, so you can only go 130. Uh, there is a long wheelbase version. I'm driving the shorter wheelbase version, uh, which um, it sits on 21-inch uh, wheels, uh, and it also has a... a pretty tricky air suspension in it so when you shut it off it sinks down a little bit lower to uh, to get in and out of it a little bit easier um, it in this article it says a two two row SUV seats five in supreme comfort on a perforated semi aniline leather I don't even know what that is um, but five, I think, is a stretch. I think it really seats four in nice comfort. It has this sort of center console arrangement that you push a button in it, and it kind of flips up so you can put a fifth person in it. I had five people in it last night. It seemed a little cozy in the back seat. Um, but all autobiography models come with uh, Land Rover's Touch Pro Duo Infotainment infotainment system which is two 10-inch screens as well as Bluetooth navigation satellite radio um, Wi-Fi hotspot and a 29 speaker Meriden sound system oh it sounds good but it is the most aggravating system to use it for instance if you want to change channels on the radio there's no knob you have to go to the touch screen if you want to uh, adjust the heated and cooled seats uh, my passenger in the car uh, he was actually adjusting the rear seat temperature from the front seat and probably because he was a passenger he could do this but probably took his eyes off the road for I don't know 30 seconds or so so depending on where you're driving that could be like Two streetlights, a stop sign, and a pedestrian that you just went by. So, I mean, as nice as the way the end result is, it still it is not it is not distraction friendly. It just adds to a lot of distraction. The voice feature and steering wheel controls help somewhat. 
but it is to add a knob, please. It would just make things a little bit easier. And add a couple other redundant buttons. I think that would help a lot too. Um, but it's just, it's, it is sort of uh, the way it is. Uh, the rear seat entertainment unit, and this is what this has, also had uh, uh, the reason it flips out of the way or doesn't flip out of the way for the fifth passenger, the middle seat passenger. It is a refrigerated center console, so you can keep your whatever back there chilled uh, just in case. Uh, but it is it is an interesting vehicle, certainly. Uh, they claim that it will deliver 16 miles per gallon in the city, 21 miles per gallon on the highway. Um, the On the normal version, the SV autobiography, again, the version that I'm driving, 13 city, 19 highway. I'm a whole lot closer to the 13 city part for overall. Now, most of my driving has been uh, city type driving with only a little bit of highway. Uh, the the cost of this uh, vehicle about a hundred and seventy eight thousand dollars. So I suppose if I was able to do that, maybe I might actually be willing to buy a go to an auction for a million dollar car. But I'm not, and I'm never going to be. So and I've resigned myself to that fact. But it is kind of fun driving a car that's this expensive. Uh, here's what some other people have said, uh, and this comes from Boston.com by way of in this case, Kelly Blue Book, the executive editor of the Range Rover Autobiography, is a premium luxury vehicle first, a capable off-road vehicle second. Uh, as strikingly attractive as a substantial, um, Hollywood calls a stage presence, the largest Land Rover boasts a gorgeous interior appointments, all designed to pamper your occupants within its uh, lightweight aluminum skin, while the standard supercharged V8 provides ample power. Yeah, I think 500 horsepower is ample power, and standard air suspension delivers a blissful ride. Its legendary off-road attitude um, of a renowned British automaker with, uh, you'll arrive at your destination with or without a paved road. Um, this is the car, when I was talking to the folks from Rolls-Royce, this is the car that maybe people with a certain, a certain amount of money will move up to when they want to, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be in this car and they'll move up to, say, like a Rolls-Royce Culligan. Um, according to uh, the senior sales specialist at Land Rover in Sudbury, now this is the guy who sells them, he says, uh, while standard with all sorts of features that empowers you to be able to climb mountains and feel like royalty while doing it, the Range Rover autobiography um, is a rolling estate. Refined interior might make you want to be chauffeured to your daily appointments. Yes, it has rear seat footrests too. Uh, and it has a pretty decent cargo area in the back, so you can, you know, certainly take it skiing and uh, in all kinds of places. It's a 1,700-watt sound system. Uh, it certainly is. It's, a, it's an interesting vehicle. Um, but, I, you know, as, as nice as it is, I think there are places that there is some room for improvement. Yeah, it handles amazingly well for the size that it is. It rides... It rides firm, sort of sports sedan firm, so it doesn't quite soak up the bumps um, in our less-than-perfect New England roads. Uh, fuel economy, you can afford a $175,000 car. What does gas mileage mean to you? Nothing at all. So, um, But as far as uh, it's a pretty easy car to drive, it's uh, pretty formal size-wise. You feel like you're in a pretty pretty serious size car, um, and, it, and it is. Uh, front seats are comfortable. Uh, it even has a shihatsu massage function. 
should you want to, should you want that um, I've never found that to be anything I've ever wanted in a car our phone number again 617-770-3030 617-770-3030 uh, let's go over to the phones good morning you're on the car doctor program hello hi there Mr. Hi there. President hey how are you <laughs> okay Annette um, uh, I came up with an interesting uh, automobile museum that uh, you may find interesting Annette it's in uh, Fort Eustis, Virginia. It's the U.S. Military uh, Transportation Museum. Oh, okay. And it, and it covers you know, military vehicles from the Revolutionary War up to present. Wow. There are there any planes yeah. back in the Revolutionary War? Oh, come on, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, they, they had uh, one to four horsepower vehicles back then. Yeah, yeah, with real horses sometimes, yeah. The um, uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny. Um, uh, Glenn Gould, whose father Glenn Gould used to uh, who who uh, started the Wells Auto Museum right up in uh, uh, Wells, Maine. Uh, it's a pretty nondescript kind of metal buildings, you know, tucked off the side of the road up in Wells, not far from the main diner, and um, it is uh, in the back of that museum. They, they actually have a very good collection of military vehicles up there too so they have some pretty they have some pretty good stuff so yeah when you can see a little bit of american history whether it's uh, military history or uh some of the vehicles i saw a what i would guess was probably a korean war vintage uh jeep uh driving around the last couple days and i don't know if there was something wrong with it and i've never driven one of those uh but it looked like all you could do to turn the steering wheel. It looked like a. It looked like a. Uh, it looked like a pretty, pretty uh, tough car to make a uh, real tight U-turn in. So. Yeah, they, they can be in that. You know, um, you know they uh, at one time had you know uh, all four wheels were independent suspension, and they found that uh, taking the corner too fast would made it flip over real easy. Ah, uh, you don't want to have that happen. Yeah, yeah. No, and so, that. Yeah. But um, I, I'm very happy to hear that finally Massachusetts had decided, oh, gee, if you got a conviction for uh, drunk driving or something else in another state, we're, we're going to take away your CDL. Yeah, well, you know, they were going to do that anyway. They just kind of, uh, you know, things things weren't going so good at the Registry of Motor Vehicles. So, yeah. Yeah, so. and it, 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 it said that... Uh, it it, uh, it took a tragedy to, to get them off their butts. Yeah, no, I, I I can't disagree with you there. It's been it's been uh, it's that's been that's been a tough time, and just the idea that uh, you know this person was convicted of drunk driving a bunch of times, and the paperwork never yeah. got to where it was supposed to be. Uh, uh, and I know you know probably some of it had to do with uh, the computer systems at the registry. Um, and I don't have I don't I don't know that I know the the acronyms correctly. They were going from maybe ALARS to Atlas, the two different systems, and maybe they kept saying, "Oh, we'll we'll enter in all this information once we get the new system in place." And uh, it it's been it's it's about fifty percent in place now, and maybe that had something to do with it. But uh, you can't you know there's some things you can kind of put on a back burner but you know the importance of someone's license and i guess they just suspended another couple hundred licenses so yeah yeah 
the news that I had that I came across this morning said that uh, almost 900 have lost their license. And um, I'm a volunteer over at one of the VA hospitals. And my boss, who's a full-time employee, uh, she took uh, was it Wednesday off mm-hmm. because she attended the funeral for that couple because she knew them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. I can't say I knew any of them, but I met the guy who was a former police officer from Plymouth. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 uh, tragedy can strike close to home, and you know how this happened, and uh, you know just just a terrible thing. But um, you know, you know, maybe maybe out of a out of a horrible tragedy, a little bit of good will come and get some get some other bad people off the road. Even at AAA in the last week or so, we had. Uh, we had one of our drivers was loading was loading a, a car onto a onto a ramp truck and someone uh, hit the dual rear wheels and literally sheared the rear wheels off the back of the truck. Our driver um, didn't get injured in that one, but in a second one on a fairly busy two lane road at about two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning, um, he was doing the same thing loading a car on a ramp truck uh got out of the car and um and got and got hit so um in that case the the people actually took off uh and left left our guy by the side of the road and uh you know it's just you know you know that at two o'clock in the morning uh he will be he's gonna take he's it's gonna it's gonna take some time but um yeah. he he uh, but it it's you know at two o'clock in the morning uh you know it's in a lot of cases you know you you can pretty much guarantee there's some level of impairment uh whether it's drugs or alcohol whatever the case is and um you know, we just, being tired he's just plain being tired but uh I'm willing to bet the the in these in one case it may have been the person was tired in the second case where the people took off um I'm probably guessing that is not the case, and from what I understand, the police have found at least two of the four occupants that were in the car. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Whenever the whenever the authorities have a chance to uh, suspend a license uh, for a previous conviction, and it and it and it ends up getting you know getting put in a basket somewhere that kind of in the we'll get to it file, uh, just is never a great thing. So again, hopefully, out of all of this, um, you know they'll 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 work to get the system working better and uh that's all we can hope for hey rick thanks for the call let me give you a heads up uh Uh, in new hampshire uh from laconia to i think randolph is the name of the community where they had that accident there's going to be a ride and um i understand that already hundreds and hundreds of motorcyclists have signed up for it yeah that's what um, that's what i hear too yeah yeah so that uh that's something that uh you know be aware if you're up in New Hampshire be aware of that so yeah absolutely absolutely hey Rick as always thanks for calling in okay have a good one John bye you too bye bye our phone number is 617-770-3030 617-770-3030 remember next weekend uh, July 14th uh, from 7 to 2 at the Endicott Estate is the Bay State Antique Auto Club show, the auto show. There's a car corral, a flea market, a food court, ice cream, 50-50 raffle, live entertainment featuring uh, cruising Bruce Palmer. Uh, it is uh, 
brought to you in part by the uh, Dedham Savings Bank, so which has been a sponsor for a long time. And uh, always a good show because they have it nicely uh, split up between uh, brass era cars, Model A's, uh, 32 to 63 modifieds, stock cars from 32 to 45 woodies. If you've ever considered buying a woody, um, this is a good place to go and learn about them. Last time I was there, they had a lot of them there. T-Birds from 55 to 57 and newer ones from 58 to 66. Corvettes, just about everything right up until 82. Uh, all categories of Mustangs right up until 94. Uh, Corvair has its own category, which is kind of interesting. And then uh, they have uh, a stock class of 55 to 57. Uh, commercial vehicles, a few of those always show up. Pro street machines, T-Rods, uh, I mean hot rods of all kinds. Uh, customs, kit cars, uh, and Lincoln. And then there's going to be some uh, uh, other vehicles that are going to be judged uh, from uh, Studebaker to uh, you know Pontiac Packard... Uh, uh, even Ford Crown Victoria has its own category, and uh, one of the categories that isn't going to be judged is the newer Corvettes, but that's uh, there's a lot of those, so uh, interesting stuff. So vendor registrations at 6, auto registrations at 7, judging begins at 10.30, trophies get presented at 2. You must be on the field and in class before 10 o'clock to be judged. Um, if you want to find out more information about the Bay State antique auto club uh, car show go to www.bsaac.com and you can find out all about it and it's a little donation to get in and there is a free shuttle uh, to go back and forth to the car show you park down the street and take the shuttle easy to get to in Dedham uh, right off of exit 14 off of East Street so easy to get to let's talk to Mike Mike good morning good morning how you doing Doctor? good how are you Good. Just kind of a really quick question. I'm hoping not too much of a hot potato. I had to have a had a Fourth of July party and had some people over. Unfortunately, my sister-in-law showed up and her Pontiac had a uh, bad leak on the on the brake line going into the into the tire. So I had to have it towed. Uh, and I and I called AAA because I'm a customer member. Yeah. And I told them to tow it up to Sullivan Tire. And the woman on the line said that Sullivan Tire is not a AAA. Uh, recommended uh, station is that correct? That is they triple uh, uh, A after many uh, uh, not triple A Sullivan Tire after many 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 years um, decided to uh, decided to drop out of the triple A approved auto repair program. Not for it it has nothing to do with the quality of service. Uh, they just decided that um, one of the things that triple A uh, auto repair facilities do is they provide up to a $50 discount it's based on a percentage of labor I think uh, and yeah. Sullivan, Sullivan Tire just didn't want to do that um, I know we have a tentative appointment to kind of revisit with them again uh, because they were always a great partner um, if there was ever a problem uh, they always stepped right up and for a large business Sullivan Tire always uh, I I don't know of any company that provides more training to their employees than they do. They they have uh, they have uh, some great uh, training programs in place. Uh, whether it's is something, and I'll say this uh, kind of in an odd way, something as simple as an oil change, which is not really simple, and it is uh, something that uh, um, 
when done improperly can cause a problem they actually have a three-day class about how to do how to do an oil change correctly and what to look for making sure you're using the right oil for that particular vehicle and and all of that so um so they're, they're really you know it really is um uh they do a great job and in fact they just uh, started a new business now of sorts where they go out to body shops and even some dealerships where when a car with these advanced driver assistance systems like Dennis has in his new car um, they do all of the calibration work so they are as high-tech as you can get and um, you know I was somebody who actually brought Sullivan Tire on board uh, years ago to the AAA approved repair program and I have since stepped away from that program but uh, when I heard they weren't going to renew um, I was I was a, I was a little disappointed because I always enjoyed our relationship and there was a yeah. time you know 40 years ago I worked for them so it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting that uh, a, a long long time ago I worked for them and they still have I still run into their employees that still work there uh, which tells you their commitment to their to their customers and their employees so yeah they're not AAA approved anymore. Okay, well. Long. Uh, just a quick comment, and I'll hang up. Is you're old enough to remember Jerry Williams on the radio, right? I I certainly am. <laughs> you know, you could pick up one of his tapes from 40 years ago about the registry of motor vehicles and play it today, and it will be perfectly set. <laughs> nothing, nothing would change in the commercial, right? I mean, every rule would be true from 40 years ago. Uh, well, I, you know, and, and that's probably the case. You know, there's, uh, you know, people love to hate the registry sometimes, and and unfortunately, or it's sometimes kind of easy. Uh, I remember. I remember. I had a 1966 uh, Corvair, and I was in line, and I wanted to get an antique plate for it. And when I went up and you know had my registration and everything, and I said to the woman behind the counter, she handed me the plate, and it was one nine zero six five. And I yeah. said, oh, that's kind of interesting, and this is a 1966 car. Can I get the next yeah. plate, which is 19066? Yeah. And she's like, no, we yeah. can't do that. She said, you'd have to wait in line and wait for another antique uh, registration to come through. And I'm like, well, you just can't give me the next plate? I said, it's just the next one. I could see it. It's right there. I could see it. And she said, no, we can't do that. And again, it's, yeah. you know, it's uh, sometimes being a little... Uh, you know, they, sometimes a reputation happens because it happens. And uh, but you know, hopefully, hopefully everything that goes on. I know people, you know, who've had, you know, people have, uh, you know, some great experiences because there's a lot that goes on. And I think, uh, and I think the new registrar who has since stepped down actually did a lot to make the registry a better place to do business with, uh, including expanding some of some of the the services that could be offered through us at AAA, for instance. So I think they were working in the right direction, but yeah, there's there's some stuff that still happens. And okay. well, might have been right. Final, Go ahead. He was right. Final <laughs> comment is that we, my wife got her license renewed last week up at your Rockland AAA and had a wonderful experience. Well, uh, I'm glad to hear that, and that, and that's one of our busier offices. And and since everything has happened at the at the registry, our offices have actually gotten a little bit busier because I think people are just a little concerned that maybe things are going to be over scrutinized at the registry offices now, or there's going to be some other issues. So, uh, yeah, coming into the AAA office, I did it a month ago with my license. Uh, I did it actually a year ahead of time, so I could, and I did the real ID. I did it a year ahead of time, and it doesn't expect it doesn't change the expiration. So. Uh, I did it 
before the crowd for 2020, so it just made it a little yeah, bit easier. That's what I so, so mine's due next March, so smart idea will be get it done this year for some get time. It, maybe get it, get, get, yeah, get it, get it done now because, uh, you know, if, if it happens the way it's supposed to happen, Real ID is supposed to go into effect, which means there'll be kind of a crunch, you know, how it is when, you know, people wait to the last minute. So you have between now and March to get it done. So, uh, and you, you have, uh, and then you, you can you know take your time and and go online fill out the fill out the form online print it out so it's three quarters done when you walk in and you have all your material with you and you're good to go i did that for my wife thank you very much all right great week. all right you too as always you too bye-bye 617-770-3030 617-770-3030 dennis where are we going uh we're going to jim and then a commercial after that all right let's go to jim jim good morning Good morning. Um, I was listening to the the show, and you talked about the registry. Just a quick side uh, note: I need I have vanity plates. I need a new ones because they're all worn out. I called up, talked to the girl. Took about two minutes. I was all finished. The vanity plates arrived in the mail. It, nothing could have gone easier. Yeah, so, no. There's there's times the registry yeah. motor vehicles. Absolutely. I mean, all of my. You know, there, there's been, like I said, the little funny story with trying to, you know, trying to get the next plate over for an EMP oh, yeah, car. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But but most of the time, you know, most of the time my experiences have all been good. Uh, but I think there's always this certain, I think people go into the registry sometimes already upset because they have to go there. I know I, um, <laughs> I, I had to order, I had to order a duplicate title. That was easy to do. Uh, did it right online. That was simple. Yeah. I, 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 what's kind of nice is uh, when I uh, bought my new car last year, I got new plates for it because the old single green plate, which was still legal, was getting to the point where it probably wouldn't have gone through another inspection. And yeah. I, so I canceled the plate online. So all I did is I yeah. went online, did all the paperwork, and it just said uh, dispose of the plate in a you know environmentally friendly manner you know fold it in half so it can't be used right. and yeah. and uh and for me uh, an old license plate always makes a good uh metal shield if you're uh, if you're soldering copper pipe or something it keeps you from setting your house on fire so yeah yeah so uh, they're flexible enough where you can bend it behind something and not set something on fire yeah. so so it, so it goes in my uh, it goes in my bucket of plumbing tools so uh, yeah, handy for that. But yeah, some things. The registry, I think, over the years um, has done some things. The the whole go online rather than wait in line. Um, uh, you know, a good 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 system. You know, they're open late one night, which helps a little bit. And then adding the adding into the mix, having AAA be able to do some of their services. Uh, license mm. renewals and things like that takes takes some people out of the line there so that just makes it easier that just makes it easier all the way around and you know we're open on saturday so it takes that people that maybe would have gone in line on thursday night all of a sudden they're there on saturday mornings so whenever you can you know let the line get a little bit shorter and make it a little bit easier for people yeah i think uh you know this isn't this isn't a bash the registry the registry had you know, had had a problem, and they and they're going to correct it. So, uh, but it, it's coming, uh, coming along. Yeah, yeah, it's coming along. Exactly, exactly. The um, on the green plate, a good friend of mine. You mentioned that he took his car off the road, took the green plate, and sent it to someone, and it's having a refurbish. Yeah, that's not that's it. that's not actually legal. 
Okay. Well, yeah. He was telling me he was going at this. But anyway, that's another note. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lisa, Lisa yeah, you can actually, there, there's actually a company in Florida that does duplicate plates, and they'll do up to the green plate. And they're not legal, but they okay. look, they, they look, identical even they have that little bit of reflectivity to them and uh i was talking to uh, uh i'm i'm uh the president of the massachusetts safety officers league and we were talking to one of the police officers in the league and he said oh yeah i can always tell the reproduction plates because in massachusetts we make a k a little bit different the way we put the like uh-huh. bottom leg on the k yeah. is a little bit different and he kind of looked at it and said i don't know why they don't allow those because as long as it ties to the registration and it's easy to read that's all we want mm. as police officers we want them easy to read so i don't know why you know why we can't do that so same thing having the plate refurbished um technically you're never supposed to alter a plate I, in fact i talked to a guy one time who um went out and the green numbers were all worn out so he went to the he went to a, a paint store bought the same color now of course it wasn't the same perfect markings and he got pulled over for altering a plate uh, yeah. he, he didn't get a ticket they just told me can't do that um you know go out and get a go out and get a good plate but still um yeah so i i guess if it's refurbished and it looks 100 percent like it's supposed to who would know yeah 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 well, the reason, the reason for my call is the uh, CIV Honda, I guess it's not eighteen nineteen vehicle, something mm-hmm. about the gas getting into the... Oh, uh, yeah. I have, a, yep. I, ha- I have an older CIV. I'm thinking of moving up, and then I started to read all this about the problem they're having, and I just was wondering what your thoughts on that are. Uh, have you heard much about it? Uh, on... The, as far as I know, the problem's been corrected. It was a, they fixed it with software. Uh, but what happens is the cars are very, very efficient. The engine's very, very efficient. And a little bit of excessive gas somehow ended up in the oil. And people said it was so bad you could smell it. I don't understand how that that's awfully diluted right. at that point. Um, but it's only on cars that are driven, like literally if you drove from your house to the train station a mile every day, and that's the only kind of driving you did, and the oil doesn't heat up enough to actually evaporate any of the contaminants out of the oil. But if you're somebody who drives... 10,000 miles a year and it's a mix of highway and city driving you're never going to see the problem but for people who drive routinely really really short distances that's where the problem was okay and and from what i understand honda figured out how to play with their software and why that can't can't happen immediately is once they do any kind of change to um software like that it has to be all epa tested again to make sure it's going to pass all the epa numbers so um so it can't be like oh we we know how to fix it just go into your dealer and fix it they have to make sure it's been certified first so but from what i understand the newer models the problems corrected right from day one the uh the 18s uh you had to come back in and have them recalibrate it and the problem's been fixed i don't know of any i haven't heard of any long-term issues with you know any kind of like engine wear or anything like that because again i don't understand how it can happen the other thing is the oil in those engines i think is 015 weight oil so it's this really really thin oil which probably doesn't doesn't uh 
like being contaminated with anything. So um, it's all about it's all about fuel economy and the emissions these days. And yeah, I think if you okay. want to go if you want to go sell your uh, old CRV and buy a new one for 2019, um, I don't think you're going to have a problem. Sounds good. Oh, okay. You. All right. Take care, Jim. All right. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven. 770-3030. Why don't we take a break? When we come back, I want to hear about Dennis's new Nissan Rogue with autopilot and uh, see if it really drives itself. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor. Um, I was just looking at the Boston Globe this morning, and uh, or looking at my email this morning. It says uh, somebody uh, just read my article in the Globe and assumes I don't want to take any static from auto dealers. Um, I, you know, I probably should be more thoughtful of that, but I don't really. I just try to answer questions the way I try to answer them, and if they're bias towards one way or the other it's not it's just the way I try to answer the question so I don't try to favor auto dealers versus independent shops um, they both have a place and they're both there to do what they're supposed to do so um, anyway I'll have to read more of that and see what see what that's all about um, also I got a call from uh, another radio guy yesterday who said to me uh, Hey, can you give me some torque specifications on, I'm doing some brake work on my daughter's Dodge Caravan, and I'm looking for the uh, brake caliper, uh, slide bolt torque, the brake mounting torque, and the banjo bolt that holds the brake line onto the uh, the caliper itself. He said, everywhere I look, I just get uh, numbers like snug or tight or something. And he said, I want the actual foot-pounds of torque. And... Um, it's good to actually hear that. It's good to actually see that people people actually really use torque settings because they 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 have they use those numbers for a reason to make sure that things are tightened the way they're supposed to be, and it's important to do that. But uh, so I gave him all the information he needed. He was all happy. So he's I guess he's going to be doing brake work this morning. So good for him. Um, Dennis bought a new car or leased a new car or leased. did some you have a new car yes and it has nissan pro pilot assist yes which uh you can't quite take a nap yet but no. uh pretty good though right oh it's amazing i had a, um i had to go to concord so i was going up 95 north um from quincy and um i put it on just to see and it you could feel it lock onto the car in front of you and it kept you at a good distance and if another car came in it would automatically slow down or if the car started slowing down you would slow down um the really weird part is is when the road started turning the car turned 
it was mm-hmm. it was spectacular. I was really at first I was a little weird about it, but then I got used to it. And you're right, you can't quite take a nap because um, right. if you take your hands off the wheel for more than I'd say two seconds, all of a sudden the dashboard lights up red, and if you don't put your hands back on right away, everything starts beeping at you, and eventually it'll disengage. Yeah, it is. It is. It is pretty good. It's and it's one of those things. Though I think where automakers are maybe having a problem is your car is called ProPilot Assist. Tesla calls it Autopilot. Um, Cadillac calls it Super Cruise. Uh, Volvo calls it something else. And all of the terminology, I think, is can be a little confusing to consumers when they go to buy this stuff. And they're like, well, does this car drive itself? It makes it, you know, pro-pilot. It makes it sound like it does. Or autopilot. It makes it sound like it does. And there's no, there's no state in the country where it says you can drive a car without having your hands on the steering wheel. So, you know, it's a law that says you have to have at least one hand on the steering wheel. I got an email from some reporter in New York a couple of weeks ago, and there was a doctor who put a video on YouTube or somewhere, Facebook Live or something, and it shows him driving down the street in his new Tesla without touching the steering wheel. And Tesla is even a little more aggressive with their self-driving technology if you set the cruise control in the navigation system uh, it will put on the turn signal when the exit's coming up and actually take you over to the exit and down the exit ramp not quite what your car does Dennis no. but but still um, and it shows this guy talking about how great it works without his hands on the wheel and the reporter called me and said you know can you tell me about the system I said first off what he's doing is technically illegal because, well, first off, you can't be FaceTiming in your car while you're driving, A, illegal. B, you have to have at least one hand on the wheel. And C, if you look in the Tesla owner's manual, it says never take your hands off the steering wheel. Now, they say that, and they also kind of go, well, you can, but, you know, our owner's manual tells you not to because the owner's manual is probably written by lawyers. So... Um, but it is, uh, if if you're going to, because uh, where, where do you go, Virginia Beach or somewhere oh, sometimes? Oh, Hilton Head Island Hilton, sometimes. Yeah. yeah, so it could make for a nice, more comfortable ride, knowing that you set your cruise control at whatever, 70, and you're leaving, you're leaving tons of space between you and the car in front of you. If somebody cuts in in front of you, so, you know, all of a sudden the car makes up for it, even if you're not paying 100% attention. So, right. yeah, it does. It does. Uh, it's They're interesting features. And I think, you know, maybe part of it is it's getting the public a little bit used to maybe someday there will be totally self-driving cars uh, where you can actually set your cruise control and your navigation from here to Hilton Head Island and not have to pay attention for the entire trip. I have. But until... Until then, it's going to be a while. Yeah, I have no doubt that that's what this step is. And also, um, I'm going to D.C. in a couple weeks. We were going to go to Ohio, but we transferred that to D.C. instead. And since driving up that 95 corridor can be um, challenging on the brake, the brake and gas and all that, Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to put this thing on and just kind of not really relax, but not be as strained. Mm. Yeah, no. It if you can if you can take some of the tension out of driving, why not? 
which is exactly. a pretty good thing. Yeah. No. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and yeah. I got a text from a friend um, who just recently also purchased a vehicle, and they want to know, do you know what the average commission rate is for a salesperson at a dealership? I do not. Okay. I do not. Um, I don't know if it's... I don't. I. I this is, that's one I have no idea. So... Um, yeah, I think it varies. There's some salespeople that are just paid salary. Some salespeople are paid salary plus incentive. Some salespeople are paid a little tiny, tiny salary and all uh, all incentive. Maybe one of our listeners was in the car selling business at one point, and they can, they can give us a call and let us know what they were making at the time. Uh, the old days of making the dealership making thousands and thousands of dollars on a car sale, um, and also getting a, a, a demo car to drive. Those days are gone. Uh, they're they're uh, they're making they're making some money, but they're it's not it's not like the old days. So I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, and I I was talking to the salespeople that I was working with at um, I'm, I'll drop it. It's Quirk Nissan, um, and there's no way I could be ever be a car salesperson at all. I mean, they live in the store like they don't leave ever yeah they 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 actually have to because to be good at what you do and you talk to very successful car people and even before there was electronics to kind of take advantage of it they're sending you birthday cards they're sending you reminder notices they're send they want to become your you know your car salesman for life the problem is they don't they don't always stay in the, stay in the same store and the uh, where I bought my car the sales guy is still there but the sales manager uh, left uh, Prime and went over to Bach uh, one of the which isn't really Bach but um, uh, Bach name stores and uh, and went over there so they move around a little bit and you know sometimes they take their their for want of a better word their their index card catalog with them and say, hey, look, you know, if you're thinking about buying, you know, replacing that car that I sold you three years ago, come over to the new dealership where I am because there's nothing better than what I have for sale right now. So, you know, it'd be uh, be interesting, you know, be interesting to see. Uh, I, I know, uh, you know, it could be, you know, in some cases, like when I bought my car, the sales manager or the F&I manager told me they lost $1,200 on the sale. So if the dealership lost twelve hundred dollars, what does the car? What does the sales guy get? True, not a lot. Not a lot. And um, yeah. So the other uh, someone just called in. They didn't want to go on the air. When is the Endicott Estate Car Show again? The Endicott Show is going to take place July fourteenth from seven a.m. to two. Okay. And that's it. Uh, that's it. Uh, the Endicott Estate. Uh, easiest way: just get off at exit fourteen. And uh, so off of 128, take exit 14 for East Street, and uh, just follow the signs. It's pretty easy to find. So there you go. That's how you get to it. Speaking of Tesla, Tesla has a secret lab, according to CNBC, uh, to build its own battery cells to reduce dependence on Panasonic. Um, Tesla is developing the means to manufacture its own battery cells. Current and recent employees told CNBC the main component of an EV is its battery pack and battery cells. Since 2014, Tesla has mostly relied on its 
partner Panasonic to produce battery cells for its vehicles and clean energy products. Tesla is developing the means to manufacture its own battery cells, according to five current and recent employees, something electric vehicle manufacturers relied on Panasonic to, to do since the company signed an extensive agreement in 2014. Uh, this move could help uh, Tesla offer cheaper, higher performance electric vehicles than it does today without having to pay or, or share data and resources with outside vendors and partners. The battery packs and battery cells are the main component in an electric vehicle. The company has been battery constrained in the past, according to Elon Musk. Um, he said the lack of batteries limited Tesla's production and sales of electric vehicles and energy storage system, the power walls and power packs. Uh, making its own battery cells would also fit Musk's general ambition to make Tesla a vertically integrated as possible. Um, I think what it really means is it would make uh, Elon Musk and Tesla sort of take over the world. But that's just me. Uh, manufacturing cells at high volume would be another challenge for a company. And the other problem is the the chemicals and and parts that go into uh, into making a battery are in somewhat short supply. So, uh, and uh, uh, Tesla employees uh, conduct some of the uh, battery cell manufacturing at their Skunk Works lab. I always want to know why they call them Skunk Works. The plant where Tesla makes its Model 3, Model S, and Model X vehicles today, while its batteries are made at its Giga factory in Sparks, Nevada, a factory jointly owned and operated with Panasonic. So, some of that. Uh, let's talk to, I think, Paul. Good morning. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I, good. I got a quick AAA question for you. Sure. I heard I heard you maybe a month or two ago talking about uh, a service AAA has where they will provide where they replace your fob if it becomes defective or lost. And I couldn't find that on the website. I did get a, a new car recently. It's got a fob that looks like it would take a small loan to replace. And um, I, I I tried out the site. I couldn't find it. Uh, it where, where can I find that? Yeah, that yeah it, it, it's actually it's actually a um, it's a wheel and it's wheel tire, key fob, and paintless dent removal. So it's a whole bunch of stuff that's all kind of it's all kind of squished together, and um, and it is uh, uh, it's a new service. I did I be honest with you, uh, I didn't even know we had it. And then I found out I found out some more about it, and uh, it is uh, it is looking at some of the pricing. It's 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 really it's really pretty good. And uh, yeah, you, the one thing you can't you can't do is you can't uh, you know you can't say well, I always wanted three uh, you know three three key fobs. I'll just tell them I lost one and get a new one. Uh, you can't do that because what happens is they they kind of. Uh, you know, when when you get replacement key fobs, they kind of electronically, not us, but the the manufacturer uh, keeps keeps track of how many there is. But it is a uh, it is a brand new service. Uh, it, there isn't a lot of information on it um, about uh, about the the service right now. Uh, on the website, but if you go into any one of our branch offices and ask them about it, uh, they should they should be able to uh, they should be able to give you some more information. Again, compared to what I saw at um, some of the dealerships, 
it's because it's it's not just it's a whole package so it's wheels and tires key fob and if the car is less than five years old paintless dent removal so if you get a ding in the door or something uh you can you can call up and they'll they'll take the ding out so um so again it, it's uh, it's a pretty all-encompassing uh uh kind of insurance policy so uh, and that's that's what it falls under. So I'm I'm not sure where it is on the website either, but I know uh, I know that when I was in, for instance, the Rockland office getting my driver's license renewed, I was talking to uh, the woman there who uh, who was telling me all about it. So uh, I, I'm I but I can't uh, but I don't I don't unfortunately I don't have uh, I, I don't have any more information about it than that. So my best advice right now is uh, either go into or call any one of our AAA offices and ask them about the new uh, uh, wheel tire and key insurance policy and they'll be able to tell you they'll be able to tell you all about it and find out where it is and in the meantime if I can find out more information where it is on our website I will uh, I'll let you know Hi, that sounds good. that sounds good. I'll, I'll drop you an email on I have your email uh, okay perfect uh, I did do you know if that's a an annual fee or is that just a one-time thing? And if it covers more than one vehicle, uh, it's per vehicle is the is the is the way it works, and uh, it is, um, and I believe it's for five years at a time. But I'm kind of oh, that's not good. Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but that's that's what I think it is I think it's I think it's five I think it's for I think it's a five-year plan is the way it works and uh, but I, I I'm, a, I'm a little embarrassed to say I don't know as much about it as I should all right well I'll, I'll drop you an email on it anyway. okay. and also yeah. you know what you were mentioning about the license renewal for real ID I did that at the Sargas office and I uh, just a, a little tip I got there about a half an hour early there was, and turned out to be a third person in line and uh, I was in and out of there in 10 minutes. So um, yeah. it's, I highly recommend going, getting your license renewal early. You know, don't go at the end of the month. And um, you know, the, it, it was a seamless process at the uh, AAA store. So well, thank I you. The others. All right, all right, good enough. All right, take care right, now. Thanks, John. Thank you. Yep. Bye bye. We need to take another break. Uh, we'll do that. Maybe, maybe in the meantime, I can find out some more information about what I should already know something about. Again, I apologize for that. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. I, before we go, I need to say congratulations to our boss, former boss, I guess, Pat Ryan. Pat Ryan was the general manager for many years here at Salem Radio Boston, and she has since retired. There was a little retirement party for her on Tuesday night where there was uh, fun had by all, uh, and Carol Holly Simmons is uh, going to be the new general manager, so congratulations to her. Pat Ryan, job well done. Uh, uh, 
enjoy the next chapter of your life. Uh, spend time with your kids and your grandkids and uh, just enjoy what the what life has to offer from this point going forward uh, it has been a pleasure working with you and for you uh, for the past many years so congratulations to you and uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure but I bet Paul Sullivan's in the studio well because I'm not that's untrue because Dennis told you I was here I heard him so you oh come on true, no, so come on lying to the but I but I don't I don't know that he told me the truth Oh, that's okay. Hey, yeah. You should be a diplomat. That's good. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I don't know what's really going on there. You know, I don't have <laughs> I don't have a camera in the studio. Oh. You well, know. you're in your undisclosed bunker somewhere. That's right. That's right. Someone, that's someone right. else. What did they say? Beneath the uh, bricks and steel of a nondescript building somewhere. You that's know, that's right. Yeah, that, but I don't know yeah. who. So yeah, I, I, I could be in what looks like a, a Verizon uh, uh, yeah, phone building because they they all look the same. They're brick buildings and they have no windows. And well, maybe that's where I am. You sound good. Hey, I, well, just, yeah. I just asked Dennis a clarifying question on the stuff you are just talking about with regard to AAA and license renewal and stuff. Now, um, I just had, you know, some eye work done, mm -hmm. and my vision now is better than it's been in a long time. So if I, my license not due to expire till next year, next June, I think, mm -hmm. can I walk into AAA and say, hey, my eyes are good. I think I can really, really hit a home run on the vision test. Can I uh, renew my license early? Yes, you can up to a, up to a year early, providing you're a AAA member, of course. But well, yeah, I've been a AAA member yeah. since I think it says like since uh, the dawn of time on the card since, that I have. Since, so, since 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 it says before cars. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it says who are you to question me? Yes. I was yeah. Member number one. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, you can you can uh, you can renew up to a year early and, and get that new fancy license. You can. You need. I. I would suggest you do your homework ahead of time. Uh, go online. There's a little online registry of motor vehicles checklist because yep. you need to have either a social security card or something with your social security number on it, like a W nine form. Okay. Um, a passport is is good to have as an extra form of ID. Uh, two things that show residency. So like a utility bill or something that's not more than 60 days old okay and uh that shows that you really live where you live and you can get it done early and uh and if it's not really busy at the office and you went in and you said to him uh can i just do can you just turn on the thing and let me try an eye test just to see if i'm going to pass or not i'm sure they'll do it and yeah. when you renew that's when cool. you renew a year early do you still get the, do you get six years to renew, or do you have it just? It doesn't change the expiration. So okay. if your if your license is due to expire in June of 2020, right? The next ex expiration would be June uh, would be June of 2025. If you did it now, the expiration would still be June of 2025. So it doesn't change. Okay, good. Yeah. I think I'm going to do yeah. that. Is it every AAA office or only select ones? Every AAA office in Massachusetts. So Norwood would work. Norwood, Nor Norwood would work. Uh, technically, I think it's Westwood, but yes, Westwood, go in and yeah. go Come in on, and see. Stop it. Go you go in and see Donna and the ladies there, and they will they will help you. It's a busy it's a busy office, and we have actually two camera systems there, so nice. we can speed you along. I think Claire and I will both do it this summer. I didn't know. There you go. See, you learn something from your show. I, that's why I listen all the time. There you go. What uh, you know? What a great what a great way to spend your summer vacation. Go get your license renewed. <laughs> all right. That music means the piano player is playing in the background. That means I need to get away. And Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade, the very best in Irish music, starting in just about a minute. So stay tuned for that. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>